another edition of the Luton Town International Podcast. Obviously, we didn't record last Tuesday because we had a game and I refused to record on a Tuesday. Despite Axe's best attempts to try and jinx us, it was no, 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 no. So I think we've got three games to talk about. So I'm going to rattle through the Everton game quite quickly. Other than say, can we play them every week and they can give us set pieces? Yeah, I mean, I, it looked like it was going to go to a replay, right? Like... And it's weird because I was watching it and um, we all know how much Alex hates Collie Woodrow. And we got that corner right at the end. And I just thought to myself, before the ball even went into the box, I was just thinking to myself, it'd be fucking hilarious here if Collie Woodrow scored. <laughs> just to see just to see Alex's reaction. And then he pops up and fucking scores. <laughs> yeah, well, I said, I, I, I like him now. I think he's, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a place to play. I mean, I didn't really think his game was bundling home close range headers at second attempt. I think it's more sort of, you know, ball comes out, but he got it. Um, as the other one, first one, I know Everton were moaning like fuck that it was sort of, oh, there was a foul by Barkley. There was a slight push to be fair, but a slight push and the guy went down like he was being shot, so he was looking for it. So no sympathy whatsoever in that case. Remember this when we're talking about Newcastle. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Just <laughs> remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay fine i know what you're gonna go on that <laughs> nah it's 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 not a foul it's it, it the, t- the thing for me is if you're going to give that no corner is ever going to come into the box because there'll be a foul somewhere unless yeah. the two teams just literally stand with a devoid between the two of them i mean to me on that one he basically he was there there was a slight push but he went down looking for the contact so i'm thinking yeah. right at your near post, why would you go down looking for the contact when it's basically if you go down, you're going to leave a player unmarked? There's own players, it yeah. turned out, but it's a. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I keep going back to the fact that this is a contact sport, as your cat meows in the background. Um, obviously, agrees with me. This is a contact sport. <laughs> <about that. laughs> You've got to, you, you, there's, there's got to be some contact at some point in the game. You know, there just has to be. And you can turn around and say, oh, he's pushed him in the back. He's he's given himself a yard as your cat rolls over a screen. He's given himself a yard um, to get the to, – to, to try to win a header, which he doesn't end up winning. It goes off the uh, – yeah, it goes off the Everton player. That's all that matters. It goes off the Everton player and in. And, I mean, yeah, if you're going to give one of them every game, then just stop the game because – just stop giving corners. Because <laughs> you can't win. Uh, their equaliser, slightly fortuitous. Goalkeeping could have done better. He knows it. It's He didn't let it affect him. It happens. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that we're playing Cruel in the Cup. Uh, I think his run of games ends in the next round. Yeah, uh, I think so as well. But, yeah, but um, it, it's, it's good to give him some games. Just keep him a little bit sharper. Just in case anything happens, Kaminsky. But, but uh, yeah, I mean... It's a poor shot that he probably really should have stopped. And if you, you know, I'm sure if you asked him, he'd probably say the exact same thing. I should have stopped it. I mean, I think he did okay with handling everything else, distribution. It was just a kind of, you know, as, as a keeper, I think that one error gets highlighted. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, as a keeper, as much as teams want to talk about these days of keepers playing out from the back, and Ederson's obviously amazing at it for City. Allison made a mistake on the weekend. Not as good, not as good for Liverpool anymore. Um, Onana for United obviously changed their keeper in the off season to get a keeper who plays out from the back. But at the end of the day, like I think Roy King said on Sky Sports one week, your goalkeeper is there to stop shots. Hmm. And at the end of the day, like they can pass the ball out from the back amazingly throughout the whole game. If they let in Howler, what are people going to talk about? You do realize Garth Cook's going to disagree with you because I think a few weeks ago he did give man the match to a goalkeeper who made a defense splitting pass that didn't end up in a goal. 
do we have to get to Gar Crooks this early in the podcast? Nah, we'll get to him later. That's fine. Okay, I'll save my <laughs> I'll save my rant for there. <laughs> that's not easy. Just call me buddy now. Um, right. So on to the Brighton game. Now I thought that I thought that's a game we could sort of win, but the way we won that, <laughs> so you know we hadn't scored for the we hadn't scored in the first fifteen minutes of all season, and then we're two up within sort of you know two and a half minutes. So going to go for the first one was it nineteen seconds, and from their kickoff as well. Yeah. And that's just sort of, you know, that's part of this new loosen that's, sort of, you know, people been talking about. It's right. Win the ball, get it in. Uh, Morris and Adebay playing up front again, which has not been to the regular. Um, Morris knocks it back. Adebayo, simple header, straight to the back of the net. Um, thank you very much. And then the second goal, it was um, the pass from Lekonga, I think it was, to pick out Ogbeni, who's um, obviously absolutely scorching pace. Their goalkeeper comes out. We're in goalkeeping hours again, aren't we? And just thinking, okay, there you go. Thank you very much. So, with that, with so we'll talk about them two goals. Like, first off, I knocked on the game and then went to get myself a drink. And by the time I got back, I was just in time to see Adebayo put the ball in the back of the net. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And then, obviously, like, two what a minute and a half later, it's like it's it's two nil, and I'm just like, this can't be real. And immediately, like. It's probably the uh, the trauma from being a Luton Town fan throughout the years, but immediately what starts going through my head is what's going to go wrong here. Something's going to go horribly wrong here. I did think Brighton, a counter-attacking team, everything else, two 0 down or something. If they get it together, and I think there were a couple of half chances they had, they think okay, they could expose a little bit. But no, we didn't retreat back. We just kept mm-hmm. on attacking them, and it was dominant. Yeah, and you talk about the Chio goal and the possible goalkeeper error. I'll be honest with you. He came like, out and missed it completely. Yeah, he, he came out he came out and missed it, which obviously is the error. But I'm kind of sitting there looking at that over and over again. And I'm just kind of like, if you're a goalkeeper, what do you do differently? He's he's one-on-one with you. So you either have a chance of coming out and trying to close down, trying to be big and trying to close down the angle or trying to get to the ball before him, or staying back in your line and giving them pretty much an easy, like it's an easy finish either way, you know? And... So that one, I don't really put down to a goalkeeping error. I just, like, he came for the ball, he missed it, you know? That's a goalkeeping error. I think if you come for it, you've got to make sure you get it. If not, you stay back and give yourself a chance to stop and shot, because otherwise I think you're right. I see, I, I'm on the upset, and I think you come out and make yourself big, and I think that's what he tried to do, and at the last second, I think he thought, I can get to this ball, and then obviously couldn't. Yeah, I mean, he was outside the area, I think, when he came out there, but... Uh... Yeah. Then again, I'm not going to complain about goalkeeping error or not from no. the opposition. As long as it's against us and not for us. Exactly. And then we had um, added by the second, sort of. Um, so you're thinking, right, before half time. So 3 0 up before half time, you're in Dreamland. You're thinking, right, can this possibly continue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's a weird situation, though, because you can't drop out of bio, right? Because he's the informed striker. Mm hmm. Morris is your captain right now, so I, I don't know how that would work. I would assume our, our, our Mary Bell would get the captaincy if yeah. he didn't play. But the also, I wouldn't say. Yeah, but also uh, Morris is actually, although he got in the score sheet Saturday, Saturday, which we'll talk about, but he hasn't been scoring as frequently as Eli has. But he's been very integral to how we play and how we yeah. want to play and how how we how we um, get in the front foot against teams. So you kind of have to play the two of them. It depends. I think it depends on the game. I mean, I think there's something on Eli just saying his goal scoring record. Um, there was um, somebody in Oscar earlier, loads of stats on there. He's currently got a conversion rate of 42 percent. I think phenomenal. I've seen somewhere that goals per 90 is like fourth or fifth in the Premier League. Yeah, and I think he's, just... the, he's the eighth highest scoring Englishman in the Premier League. Yeah, it's just it, it's it's unbelievable. It's it's I think when we came up, most of us thought Morris would probably be the one to hit the ground running because he was kind of the main man last season. But I think what Eli is showing is that although he didn't score as much last season, he's still a threat. Uh, and I love Eli. I, I, I like since he first came into the club, even though he took the place of James Collins, Irish legend. Um, I've always <laughs> had I've always had a real soft spot for uh, for Eli, and I just thought that last season, like he did. He didn't score the goals, which I think just kind of, it was kind of, people just just look at that. 
but I think he did so much more for the team. Like we obviously the main one that we talk about is the playoff one and the run for the run to set up Clark's goal. You know, he does so much more for the team as well. I think this year he's just so happening to be the guy who's putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean he's not just a big tall lanky striker by any means. He's got pace, dude, to burn. Like Benny's fast, and don't get me wrong, he's the fastest on our team, probably. But Eli, Eli's no slouch. Yeah, no, oh, Benny's actually the second fastest in the Premier League at the moment. So behind who? I can't remember. I saw the I saw the stats updated after the weekend. And I thought, okay, that's um, he's lost his crown slightly there. So I think that's just the Brits not wanting to give anything to to the Irish. I think it was a Spurs defender or something, Van der Vaart, I think they or whatever. His name oh, was. is it the? Yeah, it's the. Spurs defender, isn't it? That they yeah. got from Holland. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Probably not Van der Vaart. That's probably just being lazy, but it's Van der something or other. I, I, I would assume I would assume it was uh, some English player just, you know, because they, they hate they hate us so much. Okay. Um, would you like a little violin to go with your kind of choice? <laughs> okay. Let me just make this quite clear. Nobody English hates anybody Irish. I don't know about that. We won't we won't get into the politics of that in this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, Brighton was Brighton was just like it was one of them games where I like I even texted my brother and was just going like I don't know what the fuck's going on because he texted me he was like Are you watching the game or was was I in work? And I'm like, Oh no, I'm watching. Like I don't understand what the fuck's going on right now. And he just started laughing. I'm like, it, Brighton was just. I hope it's like it's obviously not one off because we scored four against Newcastle, but I hope it's. I hope the performances are going to be like that going forward because even if we don't stay up, at least we fucking entertain. Exactly, it's um, we'll get we'll get that I think after the games, and then obviously the third one because it's um, obviously he he got a hat trick. So this is a player who cost two hundred fifty thousand pounds from Walsall, gets a Premier League hat trick, and has now scored as many hat tricks as I think Eric Hansen is one of them, and Burkamp I think was the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a fairly short-range, simple header. But again, you put the ball sort of, you know, um, from a corner. And thank you to the ex-Wop for playing for the assist for that one as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which sure goes in, but it's, you know, it just came there. And of course, it gets that position. So, you know, that, that doing out, he's going to be clinical. And I think it's, it's fantastic for him, well, for the club as well. Yeah. And I mean... You can say it's a, it's an easy close range header, but you, you got to be in them positions, and he's yeah. been in them positions more often than not this season. That's why he's scoring. You know, it, I will I will say it, it probably helps. You know, being up front when Barkley and Laconga are just spraying balls the way they have been. You know, it, it can't hurt, but uh, at the same point, you've got to be in them positions, and then you've got to not only be in them positions, but have the confidence to score. And Eli has both right now. Yeah, he's got it flowing through his veins, and I think so. Four 0 and again, it could have been, it could be more. I mean, the Brighton fans thought it could have been more as well, and it yeah. was just absolutely, obviously, the best performance of the season by far. Um, and I thought, okay, that's going to give us confidence going to Newcastle. Of course, within six minutes, it's um, we don't cut out cross. They get a goal back. We get a set piece. Ross Barkley delivers the set piece, gets knocked back in, and there's Osho put it in. So. Nice set piece goal within 90 seconds. They've got another one again. And then obviously Ross Barkley gets the um, second, second equaliser. Wins the ball, goes by about four players. One, two, Doughty. Doughty plays it off the keeper. Barkley's straight there. Yeah, we're not just not going to mention the fact that he lost his runner for Newcastle's first goal, right? We'll just talk about the positives. Just the positives, lads. Is um, it involved yeah, with, yeah. with three of the goals we scored? So. I'll give him some slack. Here. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, here's the, here's the thing. Like, I, I've gone on this podcast numerous times and said, Barkley is integral to how we play. And if we're going to stay up this season, he needs to stay fit. Yeah. Like, he, like we need we need him more than more than any, probably any other player in the team. We need yeah. him. Uh, just because of his, his passing and the level of experience he has and, and all that stuff. But I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these happy clappers that's just going to sit there and go, Barkley. Barkley, Barkley, Barkley. Like, I will sit there and tell you, Barkley was at fault for the first goal because he didn't pick up his runner. Barkley was at fault for the fourth goal because you either one or two things, you've got to get back on your feet and stop that shot because it stopped the stop the ball getting the barns because it's not a foul. And then secondly, if, like, just stay down. 
Like I've heard numerous people tell me if Barkley stays down on the ground there, they probably bring it back, or at least VAR look at it and bring it back. But well, no, I think they are looks at they are said no, there's nothing wrong with that. It wasn't a clear and obvious error because Barkley got up and tried to go after the ball again, so they see, seen it as uh, wasn't that much of, a, of an impeachment. But from what from what I'm hearing from a lot of people is if Barkley stays down there and doesn't get back up, VAR probably go no, yeah, that's a foul. I don't think it was a foul. I think it would have been extremely soft. But, but fact, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you've got to weigh, you've got to weigh up the positives and the negatives of Barkley. The positives way outweigh the negatives. Way outweigh the negatives right now. He is. He needs to be in that team if we're going to stay up. But let's not all sit there and make out like he's like um, perfect because he's not. There's certain aspects of his games that, like when I was watching that Newcastle game, one of the things that pissed me off a lot, especially when we went one 0 behind and two one behind was the fact that, and I, I understand the reason why they want to get Barkley on the ball further back so he can sh- try start the attack. But even when Newcastle were pushing forward against us, Barkley was the deepest line of the two midfielders. That needs to be Lakonga. And you know that if Nakamba was in the team, it'd be Nakamba. You know, it needs to be, like, I have no problem with playing, like we talked about Barkley for England and one of the two central holding midfielders as they're called in this day and age. I've got no problem with Barkley playing that role. But, he needs to be the one that's a little bit further forward than, like, if you're having two there, it needs to be, he needs to be the one that's a little bit further forward and let the other one, Lakonga or Marvelous, be the defensive midfielder. Because we need to get Barkley on the ball as far up the pitch as we possibly can. Because he creates. He's... But he can, like, he can create from deep as well. And I think it's Barkley. He can, yeah. He can create from deep. Barkley, the key is you, you say to him, which is what we're doing, he's got there, play midfield, Play a bit deeper, get the ball. Don't be afraid to do whatever you want to do with it. That's if you know if you want to beat four players. If you lose out occasionally, that's fine as well. But when you lose out, you've got to have the mentality then of okay, I need to get back and win this back. You can't just let your runner run off the ball. Which, which, which goal was it that Newcastle got from the break? Uh, was it their second goal? The second, that was the second. I think it was the one. second goal. Osho got done for pace. Also got done for pace for Gordon. It was the second goal. Osho got done for pace by Gordon. Don't have a problem with that. Gordon's really quick. Osho probably should have came a little bit further back off him and not so close to him. But who's the midfielder coming in coming in uh, late to score that goal with no midfielder around him whatsoever? And I'm, I'm not just blaming Barkley and that. That's Lakonga as well. It's Longstaff. Like he's just he's just st- st- strolling into the box. There's not a midfielder. Well, it's like, a midfielder or you know? defender. I mean, there's, there's Osho kind of, you know, gets his, tries to keep back with him, but then it's, yeah, it gets crossed back in. Keeper saves it. There's got to be somebody there. I don't want to say midfielder. It could be a forward. It could be a defender. Anybody else from there? So I think what happened there was Osho got done by pace by Gordon, and then there was only Bell back. So, so Osho was trying to catch up with Gordon. Bell's the only defender back. So it's two on three, two on two at that point for the because the other Newcastle strikers on the other side. Bell can't really just come across because he's leaving that guy completely open then you know yes where's the third defender we'd push our third defender forward to try attack the set piece which i've got no problem with because we're really good with set pieces but jesus christ guys bust a gut you know bust a gut to get back and stop that midfielder because he starts in relatively the same position as barkley and Nkonga. but when he gets to the box neither one of them are anywhere near him i think me and chris can say right get back and bust a gut because the team to be doing nothing but busting guts all season no no I, I get that like but you know you know what i mean like don't let your runner run off you like that. You've got to plan for the worst, you know? And that's like, I'm not trying to be negative because everything everything about yeah, you the, do a fucking good job I'm, I'm doing a very good job of it, but I'm not trying to be negative because in the last couple of weeks, we got some fantastic results. Like, the result against Brighton was amazing. And if you'd offered me a point at the beginning of the Newcastle game, I'd have taken it. I'd said this to you. I felt, I still feel a little bit fucking... Um, Sickened by the fact that we lost a 4 2 lead, but if you offered me a point at the beginning of the game, I'd have taken it. Um, but there's just certain like I'm not going to sit here and just go, Yay, Luton, yay, Luton, Barkley for England, Barkley for England, mainly because I don't want England to win anything. I'm not, I'm not going to like, I want to, I want to point out like the positives. We had a lot of positives in the last two games, but there's also negatives there that you look at and kind of go, and I'm sure, I'm sure Edwards, as much as you talk about being positive and negative. I'm sure Edwards is sitting in there on the Monday morning in training going, this is what we did well, lads. This is what we need to do better. Oh, oh yeah, you can depend on it. I mean, even the Bryson game, the game. Even the Bryson game, he came out and said, 
there are a couple of aspects um, later on he wasn't happy with. Yeah. And he's pointed out, and I think he's just kind of you know, trying to put it and mold the team. Um, obviously, he jumped straight to their fourth goal and before we'd done the others. So it's. Um, <laughs> um, which meant I do, so I do want to, before we get to the goals, I do want to mention one thing. My thoughts and prayers at this time are with Dan Byrne, and I really, really hope he's okay. That's why I was just like, going because I mean, because I mean, I mean, Burns of Benny was red hot. He actually left. Oh my god, Burns. Like, I was actually surprised he came back out for the second half. I was, I'm surprised it took Eddie oh, House so long to take him off. You know, I really was surprised that it took him so long to take him off because of Benny, like, he must have been having nightmares that night. Ogbeni was tearing him to shreds. And in saying that, I'll go to the negatives now. And I said this to you in the group chat. I would love to see Ogbeni just do a little do a little fake as if he's going to run and go past you. Have the defender in the back foot. Stop and just whip a ball in. Instead of constantly, constantly beating your man, beating your man, beating your man. Just take a there's, there's a lot of fun in beating a man, but there's even more fun if you can just take a step back, whip a ball in, and you've got Eloy and Carlton in the middle. Where have we been most dangerous this season? Set pieces. Yeah. Set pieces, right? Crosses into the box. Because why? Because we're big. We're physical. You know, we get our heads on the end of stuff. Just take a step back and just cross the ball in. You know? But Instead what of us, constantly trying to beat re- Recently, so we're not so reliant on set pieces. We're actually getting more goals, more goal creation through the middle mm-hmm. or over play. So yep. I think that's part, of the, that's part of the way we've evolved onto it. And obviously, on bending it full back, it's thinking, right, if he doesn't do too much defending, he's an absolute nightmare for anybody who doesn't have that much pace to play against. I think it showed with the um, showed with our third as well. I mean, there's absolutely no way he should be able to beat the player from there, get around him so comprehensively, he gets pulled back and pulled back again. Mm-hmm. And then Clipsy mm-hmm. goes in the box, and that was a penalty, by the way. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. Just, and I'm not just saying this because he's Irish. It was just a stonewall penalty. Um, but no, I, I'm not, yeah. not not to not to hop all over the place here. But uh, do you know what I'm really looking forward to? I really hope Ogbeni stays in the team because I'm really looking forward to him seeing him coming up against Norrington Davis. Well, Norrington Davis isn't slow. He's not. And that's why I'm really interested to see Ogbeni come up against him. Because I think that's going to be a hell of a battle. But Sheffield United are really low in confidence right now. And I think Ogbeni can have him on toast. I think that, that it, well, we'll get to I mean, that that could be a tougher game than we think. It will be. Yeah, but we'll, we'll go back to Newcastle. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about Sheffield United later on. Yeah, uh, it's obviously it's the third, um, and then the fourth. You've got sort of um, you've got Doughty, Barkley, Adebayo, four four goals, two games, great finish. Yeah, I mean uh, that finish from Eli was just a striker with confidence, as we talked about. You know, he, he like Barkley the, the the pass, like just the outside the foot, just slip it in, fantastic, absolutely amazing. Um, and then Eloy is just like we've talked about already. He's a striker in confidence, and he, when it's one of these things where strikers always you have a you have a period where you go through where you're lacking confidence, right? And I think Eloy in front of goal last season lacked a little bit of confidence. And in some games that I watched him play, it just felt like he took a second. Mm-hmm. Now it just looks like it's instinctive, instinctive. It's natural. Well, I think last season it wasn't so much taking a second. I think it was more snatching. It now it's kind of thinking, right here it is, bang. He's going, through, he's, he's going through the ball. Yeah. Yeah, he's going through the ball. But we kind of skipped over um, Morris's penalty for... Uh, which one? Obviously, Ogbené got the penalty in the, against Newcastle. Ogbené won the penalty, but then yeah, Morris... penalty? Morris, Morris... The fact that Morris did it twice, did it twice in the exact same area? <laughs> Unbelievable. Calm as fuck. Loved it. I mean, the thing is, with positioning of it, that's not a good place to put a penalty. It's kind of right. It's near the keeper and everything else. But the fact he did it, and then and then he got the mental battle. Keepers going, you think you think I'm going to die where you put it? The strikers thinking I'll put it the other side, and it's just it's, it's psychological. A, it's, 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 yeah, right it's, yeah, it's a psychological thing for the second for the retake. But uh, you're right, not a great not a great penalty. And the fact that it's um. Position-wise, it's a good, it's a great fact that it went in, it, but it's at a good height. It's in a good position for the goalkeeper to save it. Save it. It's not in a corner. It's not like you have to outstretch dive to save it. Uh, but Morris just banked on the fact that I'm gonna this keeper's gonna dive and he's gonna dive where I think he's gonna dive and I'm gonna put it right down there. 
and yeah, absolutely like great to see more scoring as well. Even though it was a penalty, great to see him. Great to goals see him scoring goal. and getting. I mean, yeah, it, goals goal. I mean, what it what it could be as well is if you notice his run up, it's a kind of slashing run up. So he might be doing that to read which direction the keeper's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I mean, we talked we talked that, a lot. Yeah, they talked a lot, and uh, before the playoff final, Rob Edwards talked talked about um, training on penalties and, and certain breeding techniques and stuff like that. And I mean, it's it's paying off this this year. We haven't had a lot of penalties, but the ones we had, we we've looked pretty calm, pretty collected, taken. Uh, but you know what? You know what I liked about that penalty as well. Obviously, it took a while for the penalty to be given. Yeah. Uh, because of our checking and whatnot. Look at Lakonga. Where is he? He's right in the goalkeeper's face, so the keeper can't get near Morris. And every time the goalkeeper moves, Lakonga moves. That's again. It's just little things like that. It's just like that's experience. That's like. I, I know he's still only a young player, but that that's experience from playing in, in, in big games. You know, it's just I'm gonna I'm not gonna let my keeper get near my striker. You know, he's gonna have his time to think about what he's gonna do with this ball. I'm gonna stand right here in front of the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper's not gonna get into his face. And every time the goalkeeper moves, I'm gonna move him. Fantastic. I mean, obviously, from that one with something dreamland, Newcastle bring back, they bring on a 40 million pound striker or 40 million pound player who scores one of the goals. Um Trippy gets another one in there, but it was um, you almost thought momentum, and I think it was um, sheer. He said at four two, we thought we're going to go and win this five four. Obviously, he's a Newcastle fan, so he's um, saying that. But with the atmosphere in St James Park, I think right if you can get them going, which they were, you think if you get the wrong side of momentum, so they got it back for four all. They had a chance to make it five four. They didn't do too much. They did nothing in extra time, and in fact, we came the closest to winning in extra time, which is old Benny now old Benny. And needs to do better. Hmm? Needs to do better. Needs to do. He needs to do better. And well, I, it's thought, I thought you were just going to say absolutely can't see no wrong there. No, needs to do better. And it's it's weird because we gave him so much credit. Um, after was it the Bolton game where he hmm. just found himself in the middle and just really calmly put it into the net. I think he snatches at that. I think he. I don't. I don't want to say panic because I don't think panic's the right word. It wasn't so, panic. It wasn't snatch. I think he's he's trying to snatch it get on target, which I think there's nothing too much wrong with that. If he gets a bit more power behind it, it could go in. But you just, don't know. Just put your boot through it. Because if, if if you get your boot through it and it hits the goalkeeper, chances are it bounces back out into the box, and you're hoping that someone's there to help you. Yeah, but if you, you know, get your boot through it and it goes way over or something, then it's nothing yeah. I suppose it's get it on target. So yeah, put your boot yeah. through it, get it on target. Hey, I, when I played football, I was a defender or goalkeeper. I couldn't shoot to shit, so I can't really comment. Oh, I could. I could. You get your boot through, you get your laces through, and you try as much as possible to keep it down. Yeah, but, but you uh, get some yeah, you need, you need... if you scored, you scored it by kicking away over the bar. I wasn't talking about Gaelic, but yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gaelic football, the greatest sport in the world. I, mean, just, I think that's what Benny must have thought he was playing on Saturday. Just going back to Dan Burns for a second, it was, um, I think I sent him a link, and I've mentioned it, I think most people have probably seen it. But Dan Burns finished that game, uh, then went to um, Alan Shearer's sort of, you know, um, charity dinner in the evening. Alan Shearer said, oh, nice to see you turn up. Shame you didn't turn up at three o'clock today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even think it was a fact that he didn't turn up. Like he was obviously physically there. He, 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 he bought them as a team for our set pieces thing. Um, have a not quite thinking he could be up against someone who's twice as quick as he is. Yeah, and I'm. Mean, the thing is, like he's been playing there majority of the season, right? For for Newcastle, and I don't like. I, I remember a lot last season being talked about. He's not. An, he's not a natural left back, you know. And boy, Jesus, showed on Saturday. But the thing is, like, I keep. I keep talking about this with um, my brother. There's no wingers in the game anymore. There's no one that's just gonna that wants to beat you get to the byline, like Ogbeni was doing to him. Everyone wants to cut in, cut in, cut in. So that's fine if you're Dan Burn. You you stop that. He's gonna cut in. You move across. You know, I'm sure he taught on after the first two or three runs that Ogbeni did on Saturday. He he must have thought, Jesus fucking Christ, will you cut in? Just cut in. You know. Well, I think the main point match today is nobody was actually giving many protection either. No, there wasn't. But there hasn't been many people giving them protection in any of the other games either that I've, I've watched Newcastle in. But he hasn't come up against anyone like Ogbeni. I'm not, I've seen Newcastle twice this season. 
So this is twice now that you look at it and kind of go teams that you would realistically think would be in the top six. Uh, Newcastle were obviously there last year. They're struggling to get into it this year. Um, but with the money they have to, with the money that's been invested, that can be invested in their team now, obviously outside of PSR rules, um, you would think they're, 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 they should be around the top six. This is twice now Agbene has made a top six fullback look bang fucking average. Trent Dan, Burn, Dan Burns and Trent. Yeah. yeah. And Trent, like I'm, I'm, Trent, they, they target him. They actually put in their specific yeah. target him. That's yeah, damn right. And I'm sure if you asked Rob Edwards, it was the same thing on Saturday. It was like, get the ball out way to Agbene. I was like, why? Because he's coming up against Dan Burns. Like, you're going to have a feel against this guy. Like, I don't know if you wanted to touch on it, but we're kind of touching on it now since we've kind of gone over the games. Rob Edwards for manager of the season. Now, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. And the reason I oh, don't think it's going to happen... It won't happen because we're not a big six club, but yeah. if he keeps us up, I think pundits are saying he should be. He might mm. get an mentioned at some point, but it's um, but it will it will go to whoever wins the Premier League. Yeah, like... I think. Look, actually, let's was, face it. It's going to go to Klopp, isn't it? It's, if he wins the Premier League, it's going to go to Klopp yeah. because Klopp's leaving. Even if he doesn't win it, I think it's going to Klopp just because he's walking away. But as you said, it, it goes to the person who wins the league. Is what Pep's doing with Man City really that great? Um, like Man City are so fucking predictable, so predictable. They'll do enough in the first half of the season to keep themselves in the race, and then the second half of the season they kick on them. And destroy fucking everyone. It's so predictable. Like even against even against Brentford, I was watching the Brentford game on Monday before I went into work, and I'm like, I get why people can watch this team when you have players like De Bruyne and Holland and Foden and whatnot. I get it. There's a lot of skill in there. I don't know if I'd be able to watch a Man City game 38 times in a season, like the whole 90 minutes, because they're so fucking boring. Pass, 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 pass. Like, I get the idea behind it. The other team, if the other team doesn't have the ball, they can't score against you, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 a great tactic. But, oh my god, it's so fucking boring to watch. <laughs> you know, I I understand <laughs> the tactics of it and the technical ability it takes to do that, and that like well, it makes it a little bit more interesting. A lot of technical ability when you break three hundred and ten financial fair play regulations and spend. I think it's one hundred and fifteen, right? <laughs> Well, who's counting? Yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone's lost count at this point. But yeah, I was just watching the game, and obviously the skill from Brian and the um, Foden and Holland is there, and like it's great to watch them players and just watch the little things they do. But uh, Tim, it would be great. Sir. I was, I was watching the game. I was just the thinking, it'd be great if what? Be great to knock them out of the FA Cup. Yeah, that's not going to happen, Nick. But it would be. <laughs> It's not gonna happen. Anything, you know, they might they might even rest a couple of players, or do it, they might for some reason underestimate us again and we're at home. I don't think it's gonna happen, but it could do. Didn't Southampton beat them last year and won the cups? Yeah, Southampton beat them in Nathan James's only victory. <laughs> Maybe we do have a chance, and... <laughs> but um yeah, I just I, I don't like I I Pick, I'd pick watching Luton thirty-eight times over City any day of the week. It's it's, yeah. it's just they're hard, they're hard to watch at this point, just because they've got the best player pretty much in every position, right? I don't know. I don't bother watching. I I personally think like when you look at it, they've got the best player in probably every position. Like Rodri is probably the best defensive midfielder. Ruben Diaz is one of the best defenders in the world. Holland's the best striker in the world. De Bruyne is the best creative midfield force in the world. Like they, they've got the best player in every single position. And then Sorry. their backups aren't bad either. Bruyne is the second best creative midfielder in the world. <sighs> Fucking Barkley. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here we go again. Barkley for England. Agreed. Well actually no they are now the pundits now seriously talking about match of the day they had this big things to write. Should he be and they are absolutely raving about him and quite right yeah, it's it's not going to happen, though, Nick. I think me and okay. you both know that. No. Nah. Okay. When I said about pundits, let's get into Gar Crooks bashing. <laughs> so, as I said last night in, in, in the in the WhatsApp group, he's not technically wrong. 
you score four goals, you expect to win. But however, why didn't he however, say, however yeah. why didn't he say that about Newcastle? <laughs> well, it gets better. He said because because we can see the four goals away, it shows we don't have the strength to stay up. However, Newcastle, and he actually gave, put a Newcastle defender in there, which the Newcastle fans were thinking, what the fuck? And it's, uh, I think, when they conceded four at home chasing European, they're thinking, right, where's his logic there? There is no so, logic whatsoever. This is- so the, lo- the logic is that he's picking from two, two games, two, two game loads in, in, his, in his team of the week or whatever fuck he calls it. And, and then he um, thinks, oh, shit, I cannot ignore Adebayo. You can't ignore Adebayo because he scored a hat-trick. And he scored again against Newcastle. So you can't you can't ignore him. But the reason why the Newcastle defenders in there, and this this again just confirms my point that I don't think he actually watches games, he just looks at results. The reason why that Newcastle defender is in there is because it's because he scored twice against Villa during mm-hmm. the week, during last week. That's the only reason why he's in that team. There's no other reason because he, he he was woeful against Luton. And obviously he must have played decent against Villa. They, he scored twice, but it's just as I said, he's not technically wrong in what he said. You score four goals, you probably expect to win a game. But at the same point, he's still a cunt, you know, yeah. and no, nothing changes that. And I've, I've seen something on social media saying, you know, oh, we need to stop talking about uh, Garrett Crooks. No, we don't. No. I actually look out for his pups for his team we, week just to see what, how badly wrong he just wants to get it and how much he wants to try and wind people up. We need, to, we need to remind this motherfucker every possible opportunity Hey, remember when you said we'd be down by Christmas? Because he, this is a guy who's getting paid good money to be a pundit. We do this shit for free, mainly because was, we don't think we're pundits. As well, now actually, on pundits, obviously, other than fact, Garth Cooks is completely fucking clueless. I'd sort of, you know, it's. Uh, and I think you look at some of the previous stuff we, over the years. He's got a long, long history of absolutely strange, bizarre posts. I mean, I think somebody posted this one earlier. I think it was two thousand seventeen. He was just saying Ozil at Arsenal should move to Tottenham because they suit his style of play more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Strange, strange, strange suggestion. It, um, to me, to me, you remind them, and you're not even that you remind him because I know he doesn't have a, a Twitter feed or whatever it is, but you remind the BBC at every possible opportunity you're paying this guy. You're paying this guy. I don't know, I would assume it's good money if he if he if he's still there. But you're paying this guy good money. Come out with this absolute utter waffle, like utter bullshit. That's all it is. I mean, I think there's two possibilities. One is basically they say, right, well, we'll just keep on here for a bit because he generates discussion, which he does. Or two, it's care in the community. Yeah, it's. I think it's the second one. It's just odd. I mean, a lot of the other pundits. I mean, Chris Sutton was. Chris Sutton was sort of you know he's speaking mm-hmm. earlier. He was saying Rob Edwards should be manager of the year if he keeps losing up. And he's actually made the point. I think, I mean, again, there's an article on this about how a play has evolved. We've taken more chances for start. You know, we're actually creating the same XG if you go from that. But he's sort of, um, he said he has evolved. He thought the start of the season would be nothing but a counter-attacking side, which we were, to be fact, the first few games. But you just look back at it. Rob Edwards has actually evolved us. Subtly, game by game, there's not some big, okay, now we're getting all gung-ho in a game. Which we actually were on Saturday, but he's gone from so right, okay, consume too many, right? Tighten it up, keep it back, tighten the goals down. We'll try and get a few on the counter attack. Okay, we'll try and get a few more. We'll add a set piece onto that one. Then, okay, Ross Bark is fit. Let's try and play through the middle a little bit more. And then, fuck it, let's score some goals. Yeah. I mean, to me, I honestly like, I know it, it, it won't, and I know. I know, I know what Chris Sutton's saying, and that if he if he keeps us up, he should be manager of the year. I don't think it comes like to me. It doesn't come down to that. And obviously, we're biased here. But when you looked at the at, at the league at the beginning of the year, and asked a majority of people to name their bottom three, Luton were rock bottom. Yeah. So to even have have us in the position that we're in right now, where albeit by a point deduction for Everton, we're outside the relegation uh, zone. I honestly don't think, even if we go down, I think like he's been manager of the year for what he's done with such a small budget. And I get the fact that it, if he doesn't keep us up, it definitely won't go to him. And even if he does keep us up, it more than likely won't go to him anyway. But considering what he's done with such a small budget, 
compared to I think it was mentioned the other day that Burnley have spent nearly a hundred million on players. Yeah, they spent twenty million quid on a keeper, didn't they? And it's it's like yes, they okay, so they've taken four out of the six points against us, but what have they done elsewhere? They've done nothing. Like Sheffield United, I don't think spent any money mainly because they couldn't. And it, it no, Sheffield United spent about hundred million quid as well. I mean, they put. Uh... But they sold. They sold players as well. Like they sold. Who was that guy? And and enjoy enjoy, the guy who who we played against last year. I mean, they, 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 about, they, bought, they bought Harmer from um, Coventry for about twenty million. Coventry. Yeah, they they yeah. bought an archer for about another fifteen twenty million. Though he's on some bizarre buyback scheme. Yeah, most teams do that these days. Especially well, no, teams. It's, it's basically right. If they stay up, Villa can buy him back an agreed fee. If they don't stay up, Villa ob- are obligated to buy him back an agreed fee. Oh, that kind of works for Villa. It's like a loan. Yeah, it's an expensive loan. So. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but what he's done with this club on such a shoestring budget, you know, considering everything else that had to go on. The summer as well with stadiums and whatnot. I mean, again, we're boys, but he's been my manager of the season, and yeah. he's a sexy, sexy bastard. He showed his wedding ring. It's for you. <laughs> that was just for me, was it? Yeah. It wasn't for the like millions of fucking women that are thirsting over him on Twitter every single week. No, you're the one he's worried about. <laughs> I'm the one he's worried about. Gotcha. Okay. I haven't got my car cut out yet. Hasn't been delivered. Anywhere near again. <laughs> But yeah, it's this season. I wasn't expecting much. I was, I was just expecting. I was expecting just being the Premier League and to enjoy it. But it's become much more than that. Like I'll be, I'll be totally honest. When we went four, when we went four two up against Newcastle, I honestly thought, "Oh my God, we're actually going to fucking stay up." And then we let in two goals. So. We're four two up, one four one. But so. four two, four two up. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. We can do it. I mean, obviously, you've got points deductions. You don't know how that's going to go. They can, People might get points back. They might sort of lose some more. Forrest, I know, are a little bit concerned. I think the Man City factor is actually coming into a lot of the points deductions because they're thinking, right, whatever precedent we set, we've got to follow it through with Man City. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be an issue because they've got big, expensive lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. And... I can see everything. And, getting, and I don't the know country, mind cutting people's hands off behind them. I don't know if uh, if they'll get all their points back, but I think everyone will get some of their points back. Uh, I don't think Forrest well, will get points after that. I don't know. I don't think they will. I think uh, I think Forrest will not get a points deduction. Which to me, to me right now, it's like I don't want to finish seventeenth. I want to finish above Forrest, above Palace. Yeah, you know. So it like. This point deduction shit won't even matter, you know, because we'll still have finished above them either way. That's that. That's my and honestly, I think we can. Palace are not awful right now, and they've lost their best player. And I think that's the that's the Premier League's basic sort of dream scenario. Thinking right, whatever happens, they don't want point deductions to decide who finishes or goes up or down after the season because that's an absolute nightmare if they get into that. Yeah, and that's uh, like they as I as I said to you in the group chat, they've got to figure something out by April. They have to. Either you do it by April or you leave it until next season. Well, I think Forest fans... And if you leave the next season, you're going to... If you leave the next season, you're going to have fans of teams that went down, if we're, if we're included or not, that are kind of like, well, hold on. We just got robbed. Just kind of like Ray Leicester and Leeds fans have, have have gone about with this this year, you know, that they feel like they were hardly done by. Harshly done by. But, you know, the deductions not being there last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... They have a point. They do, but it's Leeds, so I don't really give a fuck. Can't exactly. <laughs> so, unless <laughs> can't stand Leeds. Um, but yeah, but hey, before we go, before you want to wrap this up, Barkley for England—that's the talk, right? What about yeah. Dowdy for England? And I know he had probably his worst game of the season against Newcastle. Well, he still wasn't too bad. Um, I think Barkley for England is probably the more likely one if they go through because of previous stuff in the name. But Doughty, Doughty was mentioned. He was mentioned on the sort of on the um, this is football podcast. They specifically mentioned him. I think he'd be mentioned match of the day as well. He's mentioned a few others. He's got the crossing. He's got the work rate. He's got the delivery. Left back's a slight problem for England. I think he's worth having a look at. 
So that's it won't, it won't happen. It won't happen. But I think if he's playing like that and he's playing for a Liverpool, he gets looking. Yeah. Um, so you just basically mentioned everything that I was going to say about Doughty. You know, in the work rate, the crossing, the set pieces, everything like that, he's perfect. Um, and then you pointed out the big thing of England have a problem at left back in yeah. that Luke Shaw is probably it and you can't really rely on them to be fit all the time. Um, that's why I think I honestly think if a Luton player goes to the Euros for England, I think it'll be Doughty over Barkley. Because I just think with Barkley, there's too much competition there and there's too many there's too many favourites, you know? Like, I think he bring he, he's definitely bringing Rice. Rice has had a good season for, for Arsenal, so he's definitely bringing Rice. Bellingham has to go. Foden has to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, I, as I said, do not play in Barkley's position, really, the way he's playing right now. But they all have to go. I think Trent has to go, although he still brings Trippier and Walker, which probably means he'll push Trent inside to try to take advantage of his passing ability. Uh, and I think Phillips goes just because he's... He's a um, Southgate just seems to like him and what he, even what he brings, played. even now, though he's hardly played. I think the two main players that sort of you know box in, posi- in possession would be sort of you know Phillips and Henderson. And I think current form players, he's he's ahead of either of those, but he's not a favorite. See, I don't think it's Phillips and Henderson, I think it's Phillips and Trent. I think Declan Rice is a, is a given starter, but I think I, I honestly do see England trying Trent in that in that. Two midfield role, two two holding midfield roles, um, in the Euros, or maybe even they're in their friendlies coming up before the Euros. Uh, I I definitely see England trying that, just because they want to see that they'll want to see how it goes. Because I can honestly see them going, especially in games where you're not looking to set sit back, you're looking to get at a team, you're looking to open up the defense. I think Trent's passing could be. In that, from that position, could be extremely useful. He'll be a liability to you defensively, and you'll have to, Rice will have to cover from a lot but, of the time. I mean, Trent Alexander is supposed to be is supposed to be a fullback, so you're suggesting right with the options we've got midfield, play him in. So play him in midfield when he's a fullback by trade. Okay, yeah, that sounds like something we do. To be fair, but it's um, that's nuts. It. I honestly think they'll 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 try it. I think they'll definitely try it during the during the two friendlies, and then depending how it goes. I think it might, it might be something they try during the Euros as well. I actually think it's it's Phillips and Trent that Barkley will go up against rather than Phillips and Henderson. I think if Henderson makes the play and Henderson's made the play to be that um, that leader, not necessarily to play a lot of minutes, but to be in and around the group to keep everyone focused. Yeah, I think that's you don't have any. I think that's what Henderson. Those. I think that's why Henderson will be gone for. Well, Henderson will be going because he's a favourite. I mean, see, you know, he goes to Saudi, he does fuck all for six months, and Gareth Southgate goes to Team Ajax. I mean, okay, Gareth may want to join or whatever, any other red light districts. So, as a as an as an Englishman, yeah, do you think there'll be any? I don't know. We're getting off Luton Town here, but however, however, do you think there'll be any surprises in who Southgate brings? to the Euros in regards to, so for instance, I know there's been a lot of talk about Cole Palmer. Um, There'll um, always be one or two could sneak in. I think that happens every squad. Well, I, I think what I'm getting at is you think there'll be a few surprises with younger players going, considering that this is more than likely Southgate's last tournament. Do you think he's just going to go with experienced heads and try to win this and try to go out on a high? No, I mean, I think it was, um, there's the kid who came on for Liverpool or someone played against him. Bradley. Uh, yeah, thank you. I knew you know his name. I'm thinking, yeah, some of. I reckon he's someone to have a look at. Yeah, I don't think he's played enough this season to even. So, so here's with him. I think it's one of these things where you've got, got Walker and you've got Trippier. You don't need a right back, and I think that's kind of the problem that England have is that you've got Trent, who kind of needs to be in in or around the squad, but you've got Trippier and Walker, who are both defensively better than him, and don't really. It's it's not really as much of a drop. Should I say when uh, attacking wise, than what Trent would bring in? Like obviously Trent's a little bit better, but there's not that big of a drop. Yeah, I mean Walker either way. Plays. Yeah, either way, I hope none of the Luton players get on the England plane because I don't want to have to root against them. <laughs> there he goes. The uh, the sort of you know the American Irish racism coming straight in. I want you guys got out in the group stages. I'm I'm hundred hundred percent being honest with you. I want you guys out in the group stages. 
That I'm would sure be hilarious to me. It won't happen, but it'd be hilarious to me. So you, you want to tap the group stage that your team has actually got into? That's why I want you out in the group stages. <laughs> <laughs> Look, once we get a decent manager, we'll be fine. There's enough kind of talent there if you play them right that we can get to a major tournament but we need to get a, a good you manager can't get a major tournament on Benny alone no I think you can <laughs> here's the thing I again we're going off topic here but you you look at the Ireland team and one of the one of the major problems under Stephen Kenny was like we didn't score an awful lot of goals like we got mm-hmm. one or two like, like we didn't score freely can you imagine Ogbeni on the right hand side Ferguson in the centre like Ferguson's a really good striker, like a really, really good striker. I know we didn't look that again for Brighton when he came on against us last week, but he's a really good striker. Like, I think we've got enough players. I know Roy Keane's kind of talked about before that we don't have enough high level players. I think we've got enough to be the spine of the team and then to be able to play players around them for Ireland. And I think if we get a decent manager who will get a system to suit. And a way a style of playing to suit, I think I think we could be at a major tournament within the next ten years. Two hundred years. Ten years. Ten years, Nick. Ten. Okay. Well, I suppose it's been only eight years since the last time you made one, so exactly. It's been a, a short amount of time than it's taken Norway yeah, to meet. Only sixteen tournaments you missed out since, so. Huh? Only the sixteen tournaments you missed out in the in between. Stephen Kenny, what can I say? Guy's a fucking moron. But hey, like at least we've made tournaments like within the last what decade or whatever it is. You said eight years since the last tournament we made. Yeah, it was actually four tournaments, but you didn't pick up on that. Yeah, whatever. When was the last time Norway made a tournament? Uh, Two thousand. And I, I know he's missing today, but wants to give me shit about Ireland. Like, when was the last time Norway made a, made a, made a tournament? And they're supposed you to have... He's, he's he's greatest, watch, nobody else is watching this. He's definitely not going to be watching this. The greatest... the great. Oh, I'll clip this bit and send it to him. The greatest creative midfielder in the world in Odegaard and the greatest striker in the world in Holland. And they can't make a major fucking tournament? Come on, lads. Let them go, let them go to Sweden. You're just fucking ruining them. Hmm. Let them go play for Sweden. You're just actually doing this, just debating. You're actually going to cut a whole lot apart from saying <laughs> That's going to be our podcast, just that little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, I'm sure Gab's going to finish editing out half the parts we're going to use just for sort of basic basing purposes, or not, as the case may be. And we will yeah. see you next time we bother recording, which will probably be next week. We play next two week? Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, two weeks, because uh, Liverpool isn't until the Wednesday. 21st, isn't it? So, yeah. There you go.